Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is June 1st, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I know it's June. It's crazy. We're about two months into the season. I know the season started on April 10th, not uh, the 3rd, but uh, we're getting to that point where we're making these tough decisions that we don't want to make, and we can't really wait longer, and we might have to do that for Noah Syndergaard. 2.1 innings, 5 and runs, 7 innings, 1 walk, 0 Ks, 1 whiff. That is insane. Um, his strike zone plot... We'll show you what happened here. He just threw in the middle of the plate a lot, and he can't really do that to the Yankees. The fact that Matt Carpenter is going to hit a home run. He's going to hit a board shot against you. You know, um, not great for Noah Syndergaard. And it's tough, because that's really two of his last three have been this real big disappointment. Uh, but I do like to think that Noah Syndergaard overall is going to be better than bad. You know, he's going to be more beneficial than he is going to harm you. But it is the Red Sox and the Mets next, so... It's a tough call, and I understand your situation right now. I don't know what I would do. I think it's very nuanced in your league um, of what you need, but I can understand many times you just kind of tough it out. And we hope for the best here. Uh, Adam Wainwright, seven innings pitch, zero and runs, two. It's one walk and 10 Ks. This looked like peak Wainwright, and I, I've got my foot in my mouth because I was thinking that Wainwright was on the other side of his uh, best days, and nope. Uh, he really did great stuff here. A lot of called strikes with both his curveball and his sinker. I think it was 10 for each, which is amazing. And yeah, I uh, guess keep going with it because it's the Cubs. And by the way, do you have PO Plus? Oh, you thought you could listen? No, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. get out of here. This is just for PO Plus members. So thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Martin Perez did it again. Zeroed runs in seven innings. Yep. Uh, you just keep starting the man. I actually put out a poll today on Twitter asking where he would be ranked if the season ended today. And the majority, or at least the mode, the most popular answer, um, between 25 to 50, 50 to 70, 70 to 90, 90 plus, was 50 to 70. And I would say no. I would, I, I personally believe that he should be ranked outside the top 74 next year. This is a Vargas rule thick and thin. Were you ranking Jason Vargas in the top 70? In the following year of 2017, you shouldn't have. Uh, Ranger Suarez fell into this trap. So did Marco Gonzalez in 2020 to 2021. This is a thing that happens every single year. You don't do it. You don't do it. Kyle Gibson, remember his first half last year? Oh, boy. George Kirby, a six inning, zero in runs, four its one walk, and eight Ks. Anyway, so yeah, keep writing Perez, but it's not going to last the entire year. George Kirby did well against the Orioles. Great. You should be rostering him and all that fun stuff. Start him against the Rangers. Don't think about it right now. You, he's good. He's got really good fastball. Slider got some whiffs, but I mean, it's not really an elite secondary pitch, but it's good enough because he's got a really good fastball. Luis Castillo is my boy. This was insane. Six innings pitch, zero in runs, one hit, three walk, three walks, and 10 strikeouts, 22 whiffs for a Gallows pull. He actually did the Blake Snell blueprint, and that means four seamers up, like up, not going east-west game, actually elevating with intent. He had change-up whiffs. He had eight of them. He had slider whiffs. He had four of those. He got them in the zone. He even had a surprise sinker for a strikeout as he threw only about six or seven of those. I, 
insane. This is the best I've seen Castillo in a very, very long time. And to see this intent from him is really cool. I didn't really expect Castillo to ever really be a BSB. You know, Blake's not blueprint guy, but this was what it was against Boston. What? I, 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 look, we see this all the time where a guy has this one start that surprises me and it's amazing. Uh, it's not normal for that to really carry on. So I'm not going to tell you that now Luis Castillo is going to be that guy, but if he is, it would start like this. I don't know. I'm, you know me, I just have unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> And uh, Castillo fits the bill right now. Uh, Michael Waka against the Reds on the other side of that. Uh, 5.2 innings, zero earned runs, three hits, one walk, uh, zero walks, and three Ks. Only eight whiffs, though. He's 72 pitches. Two out of 23 CSW on a sinker. CSW, not whiffs. Uh, CSW on the sinker is pretty bad. But, I mean, I don't know. I Yeah, I just... Uh, I don't really want to do Michael Waka much. I... Trevor Williams went zero runs in five innings as he tried to give a hint of his former self. One strikeout. How am I going to butter my bread with this? Don't do that. Uh, Joey Wentz, unfortunately, left this game early. And it's really unfortunate. His four-seam was looking great in this start. And I imagine for him, he was really thinking, oh, this is it. This is my chance. And then just got stripped away from him. And that really stinks. I feel bad for him. Uh, I'm not saying that I would go after Wentz when he does return. But, I, man, yeah, I feel bad for him. Jordan Montgomery did a Toby thing of seven innings, one to run four hits, one walk in four Ks, nine whiffs, 26% CSW. And it's like, it's another one of those starts where it's a good line. You just don't get excited by it. Um, yeah, I, look, he got his first win of the year. He gets the Tigers next. You keep going with it, but he's not this top 30 guy or something, right? He's not going to be. He's just going to be fine. And that's cool. I, uh, Frankie Montas against the Astros, seven innings of two hundred runs actually got left out there a little too long in the eighth inning and would have been one earned run. Uh, so he's great. It makes us feel good. As long as he gets the Red Sox next and does really, really well, I might give him aces a good ace. I mean, it's just been that consistent, right? Uh, Jacob Junis against the Phillies. I'm not necessarily going to guarantee. I'm just saying it's in consideration for Montas. Uh, Junis, uh, 4.1 innings, one earned run, three hits, two walks, and three Ks as my Jeff Passan Tweet, I uh, notifier goes live. And no, they're not training Juan Soto. More at 11. Okay. Uh, Junis didn't have his elite slider as far as whiffs go. And the changeup, he did throw it a decent amount, but it's not something amazing. However, he does get the Miami Marlins next. And that might be pretty good for a Sunday stream as he's gotten every other start with that slider showing up. So that could go five innings and help you out. Uh, Christian Javier, unfortunately, did not have his best fastball. It wasn't elevated with intent as much, and the breakers only have 54% strike rate, which led to four innings, one run, four hits, four walks, and four Ks. Oh, man, this was against the Athletics, only 19% CSW. Well, I don't think this is just the end of the line or anything for Javier. I think we just keep going with it. We know what he's capable of. Okay, so he's a bit volatile, but, like, I think the highs are worth the lows here. As you go against the Mariners, are reluctant streaming with pick of the day? Yes, it was reluctant from me. Um, for Smelter, Devin Smelter, 6.2 innings, 200 runs, 6 hits, 0 walks, and 4 Ks. I'm, I'm glad that he acted like a Toby against the Tigers. But now he gets the Jays, and then Joe Ryan will be returning from COVID, which means he's done. So we're done with Smelter. Thanks for all the fish. Blake Snell, 6 innings, 200 runs, 2 hits, 3 walks, and 6 strikeouts against the Cardinals. That's pretty cool. But his breakers went 3 for 31 whiffs, and his... Four-seamer wasn't in the zone enough. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means his changeup returned. And it did well. 47% CSW. But he kind of floated it. And 
I don't think this is the path of success for Blake Snell. Like, how he performed in this start is not one of confidence, and it's not hinting at that August of 2021. So, I'm still a little cautious here. He's still teetering between, like, oh, yeah, is he doing the thing or not? I, I was encouraged last time. I thought that he was going to, um, you know, tip the scales in the favor of breakers getting all the whiffs and four-seamers getting all the strikes. We'll see. I mean, I think you just keep starting Snell. Uh, Charlie Morton, though, oh boy. This is this is a tough conversation you got to have with yourself. He does get the Pirates next, right? It was four runs, five innings against the Diamondbacks, though. And if there's someone that is just a must-add right now, like Aaron Ashby, for example, you want, yeah, you can make that swap. But I think he's starting for the Pirates, and we kind of talk after that. But, I uh, man, it just, how long can we wait at this point? You know, it's it's getting tough. It's June 1st, you know, and it's not there. 13% CSW on the four seamer yesterday. I, oh, I will say, I apologize. It is uh, Coors next for Charlie Morton, not the Pirates. He does get the Pirates after that. But you don't want to start Charlie Morton in Coors. You really, really don't. So that makes it an easier decision to go after Aaron Ashby, for example. Uh, Ranger Suarez against the Giants. 4.1 innings, 2 and runs, 5 hits, 3 walks, 5 Ks. You know, his command here was actually really good. I know that's kind of shocking with that line. You're like really disappointed. Like, oh, move on from Suarez. It was it was like it was in September last year. He just happened to face the Giants as a lefty. So, huh. I'm not totally out on Ranger Suarez after this. I mean, changeups were down and away. Sinkers were arm side really nice. Fastballs, four seamers were... Up and in to, to right-handers. It was looking really good. Uh, and he gets Milwaukee next. Maybe that does work. He would get the Diamondbacks after that one. Uh, for a two-step next week of the uh, the Brewers and Diamondbacks. I think you'll hold for that. I, I really think you do. Uh, given how well he performed, I think. Or at least his ability was in this. Um, Eric Lauer is not as great as we want him to be right now. Four innings of two earned runs. Five, it's three walks and six Ks. He still had the velocity, but the secondary stuff isn't complementing as much as it used to. I think he'd tough it out. I think he's okay. Uh, especially with that 16% swing strike rate last night on the four-seamer. So, we're still fine here. It's just, come on, get it together. Lau, it's just a little bit of tweaking, I think. Uh, Mitch Keller against the Dodgers. Let's just not. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough against the uh, the Rangers. 6.2 inning, three and run, six, it's zero walks and three Ks. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I don't want to go after Yarbrough whatsoever. I mean, honestly, the whip is all you have here. You know, three Ks are enough. Yeah, a loss in this and the ERA is bad. Unless you're in a quality start league. Like, nope. Um, Cal Quantrill, kind of the same thing, but he is a Toby and he always goes six plus frames with three runs or fewer. It's just kind of crazy. Uh, it's just what he does. Kevin Galsman was a disappointing start against the White Sox. Five innings of 300 runs and seven base runners and five Ks. He's missing enough bats. Everything's fine. It's just, all right, this one didn't go his way. Uh, Justin Steele isn't very good, so we're going to move on. Brian Baker, no thank you. Uh, Cole Sands, no. I mean, you don't need me for this. Humberto Cassianos and Ronnie Garcia, no, no, no. Patrick Corbin, absolutely not. Daniel Lynch didn't do the slider whiffs that we want just 2 out of 20, so we're moving on from him. Julio Urias, 6 innings of 4 and runs, six, 8 hits and 1 walk and 8 Ks. He earned a King Cole. This was just bad luck against the Pirates. You know, that 2 home runs, and... I mean, sure, he made some mistake pitches inside the zone, and then everything else was great. And that's really it. You know, all the hits were off of, like, not on the edges. Like, it was over the plate, but 
a lot of times guys don't actually do things with those, and pirates did. You know, and you, you keep starting areas. I mean, 8Ks, guys. That's fine. Uh, and Lucas Giolito is the last one we're going to talk about. Uh, with 4.2 innings, zero, 6 earned runs, 8 hits, 2 walks, and 8 strikeouts. Honestly, I think he did pretty well. 18 whiffs in this. It just He just got punished against the Jays. And it stinks. It's frustrating. But he's still pretty good. He's still like really, really good. Even if the changeup wasn't at its best. Like his slider and his forcing were still in a lot of whiffs. Like, he's still really, really good. So, yeah. Keep starting Giolito. Don't really think twice about this. All right. Looking forward to today. If you want to know about Thursdays, guys, you're going to have to listen to yesterday's podcast. Or go over all those starts and nothing's changed for tomorrow. And really, you can check out yesterday's podcast for today's. Well, I'll go over very quickly. Rodon, uh, Verlander, sorry, Verlander, Rodon, Ray, Nola, Cortez, Darvish, Wright, Scoobal on the auto start tier. Billy Ober, Cal- Carlos Carrasco, Jeffrey Springs, Garrett Whitlock, and Michael Kopech all on the probably start tier. The top four have good matchups. Kopech goes into the Jays is the only reason why he's below them. But all of them, I would be starting there. And Quest will start tier. I'm fine with Hyunjin Ryu against the, the White Sox. John Gray against the Rays is okay. Um, hopefully the slider is there. Dakota Hudson is a very much of a coin flip against the Padres. Let's just hope all the bad balls find gloves. And the do not start tier is massive. As Trevor Rogers goes into the cores, don't want to do that. Kyle Hendricks just hurts too much when it doesn't work out. Brad Keller against the Guardians, absolutely not. Kyle Bradish against the Mariners, no thanks. Jose Quintana's on a good stretch, but the Dodgers, Bumgarner against Atlanta. And Cole, Cur- oh, Cole Irvin against the uh, the Astros. Both of those are Tobies, but against two tough matchups and so on and so forth. Do not trust Hunter Green against the Red Sox. Uh, and also, I will say, if you want, 1 o'clock today, I'm actually going to do a bonus stream because we made partner on Twitch. Because all of y'all watched us on Twitch and made me earn partners. So thank you all so much for showing up. And as my thank you... I am doing a stream at 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock today. And also, for the SP Roundup tonight at 10 p.m. So go to twitch.tv slash pitchwest to catch that live. Have a good time with it. I hope to see you there. All right, so today's Wednesday. And what I do on Wednesday is I go to Fantasy Pros. And I see who are the guys that are rostered that I would be selling high on. And who are the ones that are not rostered that I would maybe be buying on. And let's see. I'm, I'm going through it very quickly. Um... I would, uh, and I just do this by kind of just casually scrolling down. I'm okay selling high on Logan Gilbert. I see a 94% roster ship, um, and that might be someone that you could get a pretty penny for. I mean, 229 ERA and a 103 whip is not going to stick around for Logan Gilbert, so I don't trust the secondary stuff as much. So I would be considering selling high on him. Maybe Kyle Wright as well, as he has not gotten his... Uh, he doesn't have the same command that he had early on that really is what made his 28% K rate and his 270 array and a 104 whip. I think there's going to be a little bit more struggle there than the uh, in the roster ship suggests. You might be able to buy low on Jose Barrios, and I've been saying that he is a good buy low for a couple of weeks and it hasn't really panned out yet, but I still think from this point on he's really good. Uh, and more so than Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's a tough one to go and chase at the moment. Uh, let's see here. Luis Severino. I mean, yeah, but 90%. He's really good. And that's that's cool. Right? These are selling highs, Nick. Selling highs, not buying at this point. Uh, let's see. Tony Gonsolin, kind of, but I don't really think that he warrants a massive return. I mean, Miles Michaelis and Rasmussen, I've been saying, have been sell highs if you can. Um, same with Ian Anderson, but I don't really think you're going to get a pretty penny at this point. Obviously, Martin Perez. We all know this. Same with Paul Blackburn. 
Um, those are high roster ships, and those are essentially Vargas rule roster ships, and I think a lot of the fantasy community knows that. Um, let's see, though, of guys that are... Maybe Jameson Tyone could be a good sell high at the moment, um, as I don't think that his 249 ERA and 101 whip are that sustainable. Uh, and I think maybe at this point it's June and people could be jumping on that, thinking, oh yeah, maybe this is uh, something that can stick through the year. I don't think it is. So I would consider that. And let's go to the other side now, to the buy low section. I mean, you guys know me, under 40% owned. I'm in on Aaron Ashby. Alex Cobb, I think, is a good get. I uh, let's see who's jumping at Jeffrey Springs at 20% rostered should be very heavily considered. I mean, I have a good matchup coming up for Chris Flex, and I'm actually really surprised he's only at 25%. I thought he would be closer to 40 or 50. Um, but he's there. Michael Lorenzen is a weird one. He's not at 20%, Nick. Uh, Ronzi Contreras only at 20%. It's pretty shocking to me with Arizona next. I'm like, I would be still very much going after that one. You can let loose of Smelter if you have him. It's the Jays, and he's probably out of the rotation now. I'm trying to see the the more lower rostered guys. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez feels like he's just a week away at this point. I would be rostering him wherever I could. If I had a spot open, I probably would just sacrifice one decent stream this week just to have Grayson Rodriguez as a stash. Uh, maybe consider JT Brubaker for his stream this week. Uh, who actually is I should know that. It's Arizona on Friday, and he's someone like, yeah, all right. And it's also Detroit next week, too. So he should be someone that's rostered more than 5%, if you ask me. Uh, but honestly, I mean, as far as buying low, there aren't too many great options. I'm scrolling back up to see if there's anyone that really stuck out. I'm not. I'm selling on Kikuchi. I do not believe in his gains at 50% rostered. I... Uh, yeah, I don't really think you have that many. I, mean, I mentioned, of course, Brios being the prime buy low. Same with Robbie Ray. I'd still be in on that one. Very much so. I, I'm okay selling on Bueller because of the fastball. I, not velocity, but I mean, velocity is down. But the overall ability of it is lower. So something to consider there. But yeah, I guess that's going to do it for today's edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. And that's going to be it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.